listening to The Sizzle on Iron Skillet Radio and Iron Skillet Television. You know who it is. You know what it is. It's The Sizzle in the building. Guess who's in the building? Rich Sizzle's in the building. Jay Sizzle's in the building. And I'm G Sizzle. We are in the building. We're here to talk about the hottest things going on in sports right now. So let's just open the floor up, gentlemen. What is it that we're talking about today? What discussion piece do we want to give the listeners so that they know we're talking hot business? Hot business. Real, I mean, you know, not warm business and not cold business, but it's hot business. 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 Talking hey. sports. Oh, okay. Well, we're talking sports. Oh. Let's talk about basketball. So let's okay. do that. Let's start All off right. with basketball because that's where we are. Basketball season is still upon us. It, we're in the back end of everything with basketball. We're in the back end of trades. We're in the back end of the all-star game. And the one thing I think we've all learned and we can all agree upon is that Zach Levine may be your third or fourth best player on your team. I uh, can't carry a team. It's not going to happen. It should not happen. And man props to my man, uh, Debo, for out there doing, making history, you know, shooting 50-plus percent from the floor and the rest of your team. Yeah. Well, hey, man, did you yeah. just say yeah. Zach Levine is the fourth best player on the Bulls? Possibly. He could be your fourth best player. Let me clarify. He could be your fourth best player on a really good team. Not just a good team, a really good team. He's on a good team where he's your second best player. But on a really good team, he's your third or fourth. Pump your brakes. Hold on a what? minute. Okay. <laughs> Put the... Put this in. Put this in neutral. Okay. All right. Are the Bulls a really good team? Yes. 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 They're a yes. good team. They're not mm-hmm. a really uh, good team. When the Bulls play against the top elite teams in the league, uh, they're not so good. <laughs> if um, they have to play against a top team in the West, mm-hmm. they're one in five. Mm. Uh, luckily, as I believe Zach Levine put it, they don't have to play those teams in the West until they possibly get to the NBA Finals because mm-hmm. it's very possible they would get swept out. Is this team – well, let's look what happened last night, all right? Let's look what happened last night against the really, a Grizzlies team. Mm-hmm. You had Ja Morant drop. A season high, 46 on their head. Boom. And you found the Bulls again digging out of a super double-digit hole like they like to do. Against good teams, they're not going to be able to do that. So I'm suggesting maybe as uh, what was a, one, what was a, a, a great NFL coach said, are they really who they think they are? Should we call them? I don't think so. Man, first of all, and I do mean first of all, both of y'all drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> okay, this Bulls team come out of nowhere. Nobody expected the Bulls to do better than sixth place coming in, and they are constantly fighting for first. And it, it always teeters. It's like, oh, could be Miami this week. And the Bulls. It could be Cleveland, <laughs> surprisingly, this week. And the Bulls. Right. It could be uh, uh, Philly this week. 
and the Bulls. The Bulls have stayed in that conversation all through the season from mm-hmm. game one. You're not going to sit here and, and, and try to say they are, they thought they were, blah, blah, blah. Ain't nobody stopping Steph Curry when he's hot. Let's just be honest about it. Okay, forget all that. Whatever. Nice. Okay. We are talking about regular season ball, and mm-hmm. that team is not even healthy. They have not played a game where everybody healthy was on the floor yet, and they still managed to win games. So you're going to sit here and try to talk garbage about this player dropped this in a one-game situation. Y'all drinking Kool-Aid. Straight well, the Bulls have been down double digits. Look how many times the Bulls have been down double digits. Hmm? How many times the Bulls have been down in deep double digits and had to dick fall their way back out of deep holes? Against good teams, that's not going to work matter? that way. Does it matter at the end of the day? The, ma- the matter is – I think it does. Did they win? I think – I think I think it does. I mean, you – they, they, they won. They won a lot more than they've lost. Mm, mm, interesting point. They won a lot more than they've lost, but they've been down double digits. So let's go back to the game. Who, who, who other than the Suns and the Warriors hasn't? And, and and whatever they're doing on the West, that's that's a whole. We can't. We're not even talking about them. Like I said, okay, Phoenix. Yeah, they're about to hit fifty wins. Great Warriors. Self-explanatory. Memphis, believe it or not, who's right behind the Warriors, another self-explanatory. Yep. But after that, everybody's pretty much in the same conversation right around that high 30s mark where they're playing pretty good basketball um, and pretty good competitive basketball. You eliminate those three teams out of the West, and then everybody else is pretty much right there with each other talking about it, unless you're going down to the you know Pelicans and stuff like that. But everybody in playoff contention is – good five, ten games away from each other, especially in the East. Especially well, I will, I'll give you this. Milwaukee isn't playing great ball. Miami isn't playing great ball. I'm not really sure when it comes to the East. I'm not going to say that uh, Phoenix, I mean, not Phoenix, Charlotte is great. I'm not going to tell you that uh, who else in the East? Give me somebody else in the East. Give me some. I know the Knicks are. So, uh, the current standings now in number one is Miami, then the okay. Bulls, and right. that's the one game difference. Okay. Then you've got Philly, Cleveland, mm-hmm. Cleveland. That's the funny one. Milwaukee and Boston, and then their little play-in whatever seven through ten: Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta. Atlanta's mm. at ten. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Charlotte. Not a fan of Atlanta. Not saying they can't get hot. I'm not saying that they're not good teams. I'm just saying not a fan of overtaking the Bulls at this point. We say, we say the Nets are toast. You're done? <clears throat> no, we haven't said the Nets are toast. But we're going to talk about the Nets in a little bit. That'll be in the next segment. We're going to talk about the Nets so we get a clear understanding of where the next – because I think we've got to put it in perspective, Nets and the Sixers. Somehow – this is still going to roll around. You're talking about net sixers, and somehow the Bulls and the Bucks are like outside of looking into this nebulous of, of silliness. They're but somewhere look, there. But you only look with the Bulls, you're only looking at a four game spread from the second place team to the sixth place team. So you flip, you flip, a, you, I mean, to, that's almost a pick em right there between the Bucks, the Celtics, the Cavaliers, and the 76ers. That's a pick em, basically. That's who, that's who gets hot. That's that. That's one of those type of situations right now. I mean, the Bucks, the Bulls could easily be in sixth place as they are in second place. 
You know what I'm saying? Are they yeah. are they a strong? Uh, well, are they a strong team in the East? We'll say yeah, they're the number two seed in the East. But do you really look at the Bulls right now and go, hey, you know what? I'm gonna put I'm gonna I'm gonna put some of this bankroll on the Bulls to win the East. I would. You know what I'm saying? I think you should. Like I said before, this team has found ways to win despite being uh, pretty much on IR the whole season. Let's not forget, we had a whole time where they could barely put eight people on the floor due to COVID. People have been out well, six to eight weeks. How many, how many players on that team have been out two to four weeks, six to eight weeks? Patrick Williams, the whole uh, whole season. Oh, well, that, let's not bring him up. Supposedly but, coming back. The whole team look, has been hurt, and yet they still, with whatever pieces they have left, if, Levi, if, if, if Zach's out or if DeRozan's out, one of them's in, or whatever else like that, they still find a way to win. They'll drop a few here and there. Of course, it's it's, it's an 82-game season. You're going to drop a game here and there. But they still find ways to win games. This is what playoff basketball is all about. Regardless uh, of the adversity, you find a way to win that game and move on to the next one. That's what they've been doing all season. I think you should definitely put the Bulls in serious contention to taking number one spot uh, going into the playoffs. So when we look at the Bulls right now, though, their biggest glaring thing they have going is their lack of a big man. Now, they brought in Tristan Thompson, but is he going to be the key for the Bulls to fulfill that big man role that they need for any length of a period of time? Can he be consistent? Because what we saw right now against the Grizzlies, even though Steven Adams, two full-grown men, uh, the Bulls were getting butcherized on the board. Butcher rides on the board. And the Bulls are a small team up front. Even if they all come back, besides Vucevic, they're all small. Green's small. He's smaller than Patrick Williams. And Patrick Williams is no rebounding uh, machine. He ain't one. Even if he comes back, he's you know, are they even going to roll. Will Billy Donovan even play Patrick Williams coming toward if he gets back? I don't think so. I think he's going to go with a more veteran-type group anyway. So you're looking at the Bulls being small across the front line, except for Vucevic. And Vucevic is not a banger. I think they're going to get exposed inside. They're going to get beat on the rebounds now. Can who's going to beat him in the East though? Who's going to beat him on the East on the inside? You you, you, you than, think you think you think the Bucks are just, you think the Bucks are going to be dangerous in the playoffs? Who who you, the Bucks? You don't think the Bucks are going to be dangerous in the playoffs? You, they, you don't are think they, are they dangerous in size though? They're going to they're going to outsize the Bulls. I mean, how how much though? I mean, like I said, we're not talking about. Like I said, you you take out Philadelphia. I mean, I got it. They're big. Okay, great. Yeah. But they might not even face them, depending on how the seeding goes. All right. All right well, okay. Yeah. Then you got Cleveland. I'll give Cleveland their their credit when they're due their size. But guess what? Thompson just came from Cleveland. I think he knows how to play against them. There's nobody else in the East that you really got to concern yourself with saying, "Well, we got to match up size by size or whatever else like that, or shoot lights out." Who else on the East can you say is doing that? That's a good point. That's a good point. And in fact, when you put the Bulls against Cleveland, Cleveland to me is a scary team because you got some things going on. You got bigs. You got a possibility of throwing Laurie at the three and still yeah. having two real bigs who are playing your four and your five. Could be scary. I mean, if they get a little rotation, Bulls have beaten them this season and, and held their own, but that size has been something that has caused them problems. I mean, you, 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 look, you, look at, you look at teams like the Celtics, right, who the Bulls are similar to. 
right? What? If you if you if you put the Bulls are similar to him. You don't like Jason Tatum? We don't like him. That's you don't it. Like Jalen Brown. You don't no. like Jalen Brown. Um, we, really. we all, so, no. so they're just they're just trash you, now. They, they were compare, good. Last year. You're gonna compare Jalen Brown to either either Zach or DeRozan, really? Okay, so let's take a look now. You got a Zach Levine's coming back off a knee injury, right? We don't know what type of Zach Levine we're going to get back. We got That's Alonzo Ball be. supposed to be coming. We got Alonzo Ball coming back off a knee injury. We don't know what type of Alonzo Ball we're going to get back. We're 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 hoping a lot of these people are going to be back at a hundred percent. So we got to look at what we got going on right now. But as if long you take, as if you have players that are willing to pick up the slack while those other players are forming themselves to be back 100%, which is what I've been saying, they'll be fine. Nobody expects them to come right back from game one, dropping 50 points. That's not really the issue, though. Here's the issue, though. Bill Donovan likes to run eight, nine deep, seven and a half deep, eight deep. So you look at players like AL, maybe people like, are they going to even get run during the playoff time? Once, once you get Zoe back. Once you get uh, a couple of the players back, are those guys going to? So these guys who've been putting in work, mm-hmm. is Billy Donovan? Is Billy Donovan going to go with the veterans? And those guys are going to be riding the oak. Now you got guys coming back who's been off six weeks at it. Who's been off six weeks? You're talking about rush. You're talking about a lot of stuff. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the Bulls are just going to be as dominant as they look right That's now when it gets stuff. to playoff time. But ask yourself why? Why Billy Donovan favors only eight players? Did he trust? Like I like you said, Io and White. Did he trust those players before this when he had no other option? Now right. he knows what they can do. Now he has a rotation. If somebody's in trouble, he can trust on those guys. He can lean on them and say, "Okay, well, all right, this guy's slumping. Step up in there, give us a spark." Did he have that before? He didn't know. This whole Bulls thing is completely new to everybody. We are not used to seeing anything positive about the Bulls. We haven't seen anything positive about the Bulls since before Derrick Rose, before the first ACL injury. And that was well over a decade ago. (laughs) You know, I'm glad you just mentioned Derrick Rose because I saw a stat on ESPN on their stat line, and there was a comparison with Derrick Rose. And that comparison was Ja Morant. In fact, their numbers, John Morant's numbers are better in every category except if I'm if I'm correct, it was rebounding that Derek had the slight edge. It was a, yeah, a minuscule yeah. edge. But the fact that John Morant has played less games at this point in the season than Derek did in his MVP season, that's where the comparison is John Morant and MP, MVP. And you look at Derek's numbers, and you look at Jaws' numbers. So, are we saying, or can we assume just by the numbers that John Morant is equal to relative to Derek Rose? Time will tell. Mm-hmm. I mean, compared to now, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, let's also not forget Derek Rose's upbringing, first few years. Basketball was played a little bit different. There was a little more defense played. We don't play defense no more. So Wait, you're acting like Derek played defense. 
I'm not talking about Derek. I'm talking about the rest of the league. Oh, you just talking about they, they throw more. They throw more double teams than they ever did, though. You it used to be a time guys were playing one on one back in the day. They, they throw a lot more double teams than players right now. They were talking about today. Luka Doncic is probably the most double team player in the NBA. You didn't see double teams where they just took guys out of games or tried to take guys out of games like they do now back in the day. But even when Derek played, guys weren't throwing running double teams at people all night long. Mm-hmm. So, do you think this John Morant? Is as good as Derrick Rose. Is he going to take this Grizzlies team that just slapped up the Bulls? Well, okay, it really wasn't a slap. I mean, they had their moments, but the Bulls did claw back. Give them like five more minutes, they probably would have won the game. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to answer this question for you, and I never thought I would say this. Okay. John Morant is more explosive than Derrick Rose. Excuse me? John Morant is more explosive than I never thought. I, I thought Derrick Rose was probably the most explosive player I've ever seen until I saw John Morant. John wow, Morant is John Morant is ridiculously explosive. Mm-hmm. He now Derrick Rose was super strong around the bucket. I think it was Derrick's strength and his explosiveness which made him so elite. Because he could power through guys. But as for jumping around over and through, just dunking on people for no particular reason, just because you can, trying to put a poster up every time he gets the ball, that's John Moran. Did you see the 360 in a game? Did you see the 360? Did you see the 360? Have, did Derrick Rose dunk on people like John Moran does? Yes. Like uh, yeah. John Moran. I'm yeah. talking about like John Moran. John Moran. Puts it on somebody every night. He's ridiculous. Oh, like close to can can I'll jump Derrick Rose? Did you see that two-handed block to the top of the square? Could you see a two-handed block to the top of the square? That's nice. That was one. Nice. That was one of the highest, most athletic jumps I've seen in the NBA. He went up and blocked that with two hands, and then took the ball down the court. I, listen, that was and John does him. that on a regular basis. John, so John does Derrick that on a regular basis back then. I think really? Derrick Rose was serious? stronger. I'm just saying, I'm telling you, I said I never thought I would say this. But I'm saying to you, I think John Moran is not. Is he stronger than Derrick Rose? Absolutely not. Can he bully you like Derrick Rose to the basket? Absolutely not. Are you talking about explosive off the floor? I mean, just for no reason? Off the floor, like putting it into you? Derrick Rose can put it on. I'm not saying Derrick Rose wasn't great. I'm just saying to you, John Moran is ridiculous. And more I watch John Rand, that 46 points he just dropped. And I think I think he's one of those guys where he's almost getting to the point. If he if he ever develops a decent, a average jump shot from the outside, where he could actually, I think he's almost become one of those people who might be unguardable. Okay. All right. Jay, we need you to take your cup, take your mug, see, look at you know, and see if you this, is that the night mug or is that your daytime mug? What have you put in this mug? In fact, what are you sipping on over there? What is it that you well, you're doing okay, something uh, hot uh, at night over there? What are you doing uncut over let, there? Let, let me ask you a question there, right? Mm-hmm. If you didn't think there was a comparison, why ask the question? Because ESPN asked the question. 
You, you asked the question. You you it's secretly in your mind, but you, you don't want you don't Hold want because you don't want people you don't want people burning crosses in your front lawn. Hold uh, on, you roses people coming looking for me. You're not gonna do that. You don't want them in wood coming to get Let me jump in this. Okay, it's a fair. I love the comparison, but what you just said, Jay, was that John Morant blows Derrick Rose out of the water. I did not say he blows Derrick Rose. I said he's more explosive. Well said I didn't know. I said, said I did not. Do not put words in Umano Malfo. You said how you said Derrick Rose said was in a boat and John Morant was a destroyer cruiser that came by and levied at least four atomic <laughs> nuclear bombs at him and then Derrick Rose floated to the bottom of the Baltic Sea. Okay, so that that's, exactly uh, can I ask you guys a question then? Yes. So is, is Derrick Rose, in your opinion, far more explosive than John Morant? Not, again, not, not, not I like close. the comparison. And I will tell you, I'll tell you what, I don't, the Derrick Rose of before the whole knee thing, yeah. there was nobody, I haven't seen somebody cross somebody over and get to the rim faster than Derrick Rose. He had a he had a quick step on somebody, and it was like this dude just broke somebody's ankle, and he's halfway oh, through the court already. Absolutely, I'm absolutely. not saying that John Morant doesn't do that because he does. I think it's a fair comparison, but I am not going to sit here and say that John Morant is head, feet over whatever above where Derrick Rose was in his third year in the league. That's not what I'm going to say. I like the comparison. But I'm not going to say either one of them were better than the other one. I think it's spot on right exactly where they're at, albeit considering a few things. Uh, he has a better supporting cast on the uh, small ball side. I mean, he's got some guards he can actually pass to. I mean, Derrick Rose had Carlos Boozer to pass to. Hey, wait, wait, wait. wait. And one! Stop, stop. I'm just saying. So that that, that has a lot of yeah, that was wait, the Jimmy wait, Butler wait, experience, wait. but he was not developed yet. You so had, you had you, know, you had Ben Gordon, you had uh, Captain Kirk, and you had Luau. You uh, had the who you all, want, the what you want to do team of all what you want to do. That's a good cast right there. That, that that's a that's the a good cast right team. there. I put I'll tell you what, you take that Bulls team in Derek's third year and put it against this Memphis team. Absolutely. And it would be a molly whopping. You get Joe Kim. We talked about Steven Adams, and and yeah, that's cool. But it would be a molly whopping. Yeah, that, that Bulls team was far better than this Grizzlies team is right now. That's a far better cast than what Derrick Rose was playing with than what John Morant's playing with. Far yeah. better. Yeah, and they probably would play you one on one. But I will to to your point, Jay. I will say this: there is one thing, John Morant has better braids than Derrick Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Derrick Rose got his braids late, late, late in his life. He, he uh, was like the old man who finally brides a red a red Corvette, a used red Corvette, because he wants to get the honeys. Yeah, it's just like he just got out the joint and was like, hey, man, what's hot right now? They like them. They're, hey, man, you need to get them too braids, late, bro. Man. You need to get them late. twists. And he's like, that's what's hot? That's what's hot? Okay, that's what he, he 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 missed the trap music. He's too old for trap music. Hey, man, and how many more times is Derek going to have surgeries on his body? Like, I'm waiting for him because he's on my fantasy team. I'm waiting the to come that, back. And he has the thing, scary, the thing that's scary about Derek Rose is that he's still relevant to this day. 
after all the surgeries, that's how great an athlete that Derrick Rose is. You know, how how just far and above physically he is for other players in the league. But we will say to Richard, I know you're going to agree with me on this. Derrick Rose did this to himself. He was so herky-jerky, so herky-jerky with all that power that those limits aren't going to hold up to that. And I'm going to say the same thing to John Moran. John Moran almost tore his hip socket out the other day making a move. <laughs> Did you see that one? And so like, those guys, those guys who are super explosive, herky-jerky like that, I just don't think the body's going to hold up. You know, I just don't think so. That's why you see a Luka Doncic rolling around slow, still getting buckets, and he'll be 45, still getting buckets in the league when John Morant and them all be on the sidelines at some point in time. You know, but wait, wait, but wait. but we'll enjoy, but we will enjoy the them. 40. No, he's That's not going to be. He's going to eat himself. Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. He's not at least Dirk Nowitzki. He's, he's not Dirk Nowitzki. Luca's only shape is round. Stop. stop. He, he's not. He's not Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, bad seriously. round boy though. Yeah, he is a bad I mean, round boy, but by 40. Uh, hey, man, who, who would you take? He, he's top five in your league right now to start your team off oh, yeah. right now. We're talking about it right 40. now. We're talking about it 40. He's and gonna I still look think, like Sean Kemp when he went to the Cleveland. Still, and I, look, Sean and Sean Kemp was still at that old age, could still ball. They couldn't jump no more, but he could still <laughs> now, he was also six foot ten. He didn't have to jump. Right. He just stood there. He was like, I don't agree with you, Jay. I don't know what the, I don't know what the issue no. is with these new athletes. The, this this torque torquing and, and movement. This is not new. I don't know if it's the way that that new athletes they intake protein or things like that. You know, you're talking about your generation and and even my generation. Um, we ate our protein. It wasn't like we took it necessarily through amino acids like that, like they do now. Yeah. There wasn't that much of an emphasis with uh, just pertaining to certain parts of the body, just making sure I can jump higher and, and do this and that. It was kind of like a, an entire whole body kind of uh, building building up. I don't know. I'm not pretty sure. I'm not in the gym like that with, with the younger generation. So I don't know what that has to do with it. But, I mean, you you join, you're, you're in the league, you're playing, you have these expectations. The one thing I, I can say is, you don't worry too much about the high-profile injuries because there's a, a good understanding you're going to be back next year. That wasn't the same case mm, that's true. Uh, that's true. when you're talking 10, 15 years ago. You took a an ACL injury or Achilles injury, you're done. Well, yeah, but those were those were uh, career-ending injuries now. Now you see guys – well, you saw, you saw in, the, in the Super Bowl, guy come back off an Achilles injury in the same year. Yep. And came back. Was it Acres? I think the running back came back. Over the, remember, yeah. remember uh, Achilles? Kobe. I mean, even Kobe was done. But when his Achilles got, well, well look at Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? Kevin Durant came back, and you look right now. Kevin Durant looks no different than what he looked like previous to that injury. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because of technology, they put that thing back together, and Kevin Durant looks great. Um, you know, had it been ten years ago that that injury happened, Kevin Durant would be retired. You know, that that's just the way it is. So yeah, I, I think to your um what you're saying, Rich, I think this this new style athlete is so sports specific 
that these guys at an early age, they just get far better training, even in, in guys of your generation. You know, my generation, you know, guys, you know, they train, they, 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 they started working out, you know, four weeks before the season started. You know what I mean? Yeah. They jog, yeah. they jog during, they jog yeah, during the summer. Yeah, but for the most part, you just try to get ready for uh, training. Same camp. here. Same here. Summer was yours. Go do what you want to do. Right, but uh, these guys, I mean, two two weeks after the season, over there doing the Tom Brady, and they're out going full blown workouts, getting ready for next year because they have to. I mean, because this new breed of athlete is is um, I mean, bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, you know, they they got the Olympic Creed going up. These guys are ridiculous. How many guys you see seven feet tall who can handle the basketball? We wow. never, we we never saw that growing up. And a guy who can handle the basketball. If a big man, if you was past six eight, your coach would not even let you go out near the the uh, shoot a ball from the from the elbow, let alone go out to the three point line and let one fly. No, you that wouldn't happen. No, into that, but to that, I mean, it didn't matter if you were six foot two, you weren't letting yeah. fly in in that day either. You better hit that shot, otherwise. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So and, and I think too, and I think too to that to that thing too, Rich. I think the advent of the three point line has opened up this new breed of athlete because yeah. now because now the floor isn't as compressed as it used to be. You know, it used to be a time guys were packing it in, and um, you had to attack the basket, and you were going up against four bodies. Now you're going up against three bodies on the inside because you've always got somebody sitting on the opposite side of the floor sitting in that corner, a, a three-point shooter that somebody has to go out and guard. So you're not going up in, in amongst those trees. And then now if you breathe on somebody wrong, they're calling a foul. Yeah. You know, uh, and well, well, before we know Jordan rules, and but back in the time, you know, in our day, it was like football the same way. You know, they, they protect guys, which I understand. These, are, these guys now are making tens of millions of dollars a season where yeah. beforehand guys were lucky if they made $10 million for their whole entire career. You know, and uh, they have too much money invested in these guys, and so they're not going to let you let you hurt them. And you know, that, that that's I think that's the difference with these athletes right now. So next time we sit down and, and we break down what's going on, we're going to talk about Philly, and we're going to talk about the Nets. We're going to talk about really how this works and how it plays in the East. But not only are we going to talk about that, Jay brought up something. We talk about the new athlete. We talk about the one who's moving forward. Well, let's talk about who's the new athlete that's going to replace Tom Brady. You know, the great wonder man. Who's that guy that they're going to construct and put together, and then he's going to be Brady-ish? Or is, like, the new Tom Brady already in New England? Huh, good questions. You know, stuff we're going to talk about here on The Sizzle. You know who's in the building. He's Jay Sizzle. He's Rich Sizzle. I'm G Sizzle, and we will see you, my friend, on the other side. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Iron Skillet Sports. And remember to like, share, and subscribe to Iron Skillet Sports on YouTube at Iron Skillet Sports.